0: Hello, and welcome to episode 92 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer stewart I have a confession, which is that I love meetings. I know that might be surprising to hear, or maybe not if you've seen my book because I wrote a book about meetings, but if you didn't know that, And even if you did, you still might think I'm crazy or even find it appalling because who wants to sit through frustrating, wasteful meetings when you have more important things to do? To me, when meetings are well-designed and everyone comes prepared, they can actually be the best part of the day. Now there's one catch, because even when you've done all the right things to set the meeting up for success, it can still go awry when the meeting participants engage in unproductive behaviors. And that is the topic for today, how to address the common disruptive behaviors that you might see in a meeting so that you can keep your meetings on track. And the tips I'll share work whether you're the meeting leader or a participant. But before we dig in, a warm welcome to Laura D. and Elizabeth L., the newest members of the Modern Manager community. I hope to connect with both of you on Slack, and for those of you who have access to at the novice level, I hope that you are enjoying all of the bonuses and the guides and all the good stuff that comes with membership. Now, if you're listening and you want to get in on that Slack community and the episode guides and guest bonuses so that you don't have to take notes and remember everything I say, you can become a member at com slash join. And the link for that is in the show notes. Now, let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rockstar boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer stewart First off, let's start by acknowledging that most people aren't actually trying to be disruptive. They're not trying to sabotage your meeting. They're not intentionally disrupting or taking over the conversation. They're also not inherently bad people. Usually, we just aren't aware of our bad habits or how our behaviors are actually causing challenges and problems for other people. These behaviors just happen because we've never been told to do anything differently or it's our personality and we just have a tendency towards a particular approach or we're feeling emotional, which could be both positive or negative or something else is going on outside of the meeting that is influencing us. So before you get upset about somebody else's disruptive meeting behavior or blame the person for wasting time and ruining the meeting, take a step back and consider what's going on. If it's a repeat behavior, it likely needs to be addressed outside of the meeting. And I'll talk more about how to do that throughout the episode and at the end. If it's an occasional behavior, it can usually be addressed well enough in the meeting and through some good meeting design. And if it's an unusual behavior, meaning that it seems out of character for the person it might be a signal that something else is happening and you wanna check in with them on a personal level. So now let's focus on what you can do in the meeting to address four common disruptive behaviors, going off on tangents and down rabbit holes, hogging the mic, naysaying or not letting go, and multitasking. One of the most frustrating and annoying disruptive behaviors is also one that just about everybody is guilty of at some point. And that is taking the conversation off on a tangent or down a rabbit hole. The conversation wanders or someone starts getting deep into the weeds and it's no longer a productive conversation for that meeting. I am definitely guilty of this one. When I get excited by a topic or curious about something, it is just so easy to follow that train of thought without pausing to consider if it's the right time to have that conversation. It also happens sometimes because you've got something else on your mind that just keeps dragging your thoughts in that direction, or there's a particular aspect of the topic that you're most interested in or concerned with. I see this happen all the time in conversation with my husband. He is a logistics guy, so as soon as we start talking about a potential activity to do as a family, he is immediately thinking about all the details, how we're going to get there, how much time we need, what else we have planned, and how this is going to fit in. And yet, I'm still up at the exploration phase. Tangents also happen because some people like to think out loud. They are just processing and forming the ideas as they talk. And by doing so, they say things that may or may not be relevant, but it opens up the door for someone else to pick up on a comment, and then that becomes a distraction. I am totally guilty of that one, too. And lastly, it's incredibly easy to go off track when you haven't clarified the meeting's desired outcome. It's not enough to say this meeting is about walking through our research findings and preparing to present the insights to leadership. You've got to be more specific. What is it that the meeting is going to achieve? What is the result it will produce? In this case, what does being prepared to share with leadership really mean? When everyone is clear about exactly what the meeting will accomplish, it's easier for people to keep their own minds focused and it's easier for you as the leader to redirect the meeting when it does wander. So you need to share your desired outcome at the start of the meeting. That way you can use it later on when you need to. So for that research meeting, maybe the desired outcome is that you have identified any additional research that needs to be done in order to be ready to present to your leadership team. So then in the moment when the conversation goes off track, you can say something like, hey, I'm noticing that this conversation has gone a little off track. I want to remind us that today's meeting is focused on getting to those specific research topics that need to be done so that we can present to leadership. So let's hold this topic for another meeting and get back to today's agenda. You can also use a bike rack or a back burner or a pin for any off-agenda topics that come up. Say something like, This seems like an important topic, but it's not relevant for our whole group. Or, you know, this is really interesting, but I think Mamie needs to be part of this conversation and she's not in this meeting. So let's put this topic on the back burner and schedule a separate follow-up meeting to address it. Or even something like, I really like where this is going, but we need to get the research plan completed. So let's put a pin in this topic and address it as a next step. The important thing is to notice when the conversation has gone off track and interrupt it in a way that feels kind, but also gets you back onto the topic at hand. Sometimes you need to be courageous when addressing disruptive behaviors, but that's what good leaders do. And when you don't, and everyone else in the meeting is noticing what's going on and looking to you for that leadership, it's not helping your case. So even though it might be hard, especially if the person who is taking the conversation off track is more senior to you, it is critical that you find a way to interrupt them, to acknowledge the topic that they've raised and find a time to address it later and redirect the conversation back to the agenda that you have planned, because that is why you have gathered that group of people. The next disruptive behavior is hogging the microphone. It can seem impossible to do anything when somebody is taking up all the airspace, especially if they're a more senior person. But getting input from all the meeting participants is usually important to the meeting's success. It's why you've invited them in the first place. Again, most talkative folks don't realize how much speaking time they're actually taking. Extroverts tend to talk to think, or they think better when they're talking something throughout loud. And some people find silence incredibly uncomfortable, so they will talk just to fill the space. When a question's asked, if no one has jumped in after a second or two, they do. Same goes for style. If you're the kind of person who jumps in, you may just expect others to do the same. So you don't realize that other people are waiting for a turn and you're not giving them an opening. It can also be that some people just have a hard time being succinct or they're generally long-winded in their responses or they have a lot to say on the topic because it's something they're passionate about or it's their area of expertise. Regardless of why someone is talking a lot, there are a few things you can do in your meeting design to immediately limit the amount of talking that any one person can do. For example, after asking a question, have people write down their thoughts in silence before going around the room and having them share what they wrote. Alternatively, you can have people write on sticky notes and then cloud cluster them on the wall instead of verbalizing their ideas. And this works for virtual teams too. I've included a link in the show notes to some tools that you can use for virtual sticky note activities. There are even times when it's appropriate to use a timer and have people share for one minute or 90 seconds. This is particularly relevant when everybody needs to speak on the same topic, and it's less of a discussion and more of a share out. For example, I've done this with teams where I've said, okay, everybody gets one minute to share which plan they're excited for and why. I'm going to use a timer to keep us on track, so please be respectful, and when you hear that buzzer, wrap up your sentence. And then after we've heard from everyone, we'll take a vote. You can also say things like, let's hear from people who haven't shared anything yet first, or... Does anyone who hasn't yet waited on this have anything to add? I know it can be difficult to interrupt, but sometimes you just need to. You can say things like, Mamie, I know you have a lot to say on this topic, so I'd like to follow up with you after the meeting. But for now, let's see if there's anyone else who wants to weigh in before we move on. Or, hey Mamie, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want to make sure that we have time to hear from everyone, so... Why don't we follow up after the meeting and if you have other thoughts, you can share them with me then and for now, let's let other people weigh in. And lastly, you can talk to the person outside of the meeting about their behavior. Again, they may not realize what they're doing and sometimes a little self-awareness can go a long way. Let them know what you've observed. Like, I noticed that you're really engaged in our meetings and have a lot to say and I so appreciate that, but it's part of my job to make sure everyone in the meeting has a chance to contribute. I'm hoping you can help me do that by making some space for others to talk. How does that sound to you? Perhaps you could wait for others to share before jumping in. Or what other ideas do you have? And of course, if there are other things on your mind that you don't have time to share in the meeting, just grab me after and we can have a follow-up conversation. You can even let them know that you might have to interrupt them by saying something like, I apologize in advance if I ever interrupt you or cut you off please know that it's only because I'm trying to facilitate the group and not because I don't care about your perspective. The third disruptive behavior is naysaying or not letting go. Some forms of conflict are healthy, but sometimes that conflict inhibits the group from moving forward. People get hung up on things for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's because someone just naturally thinks in the devil's advocate mode and their brains just wanna poke holes in everything. And sometimes people are just really passionate about a topic or something from a previous meeting or conversation isn't sitting well with them, so they wanna revisit it. Sometimes they're just emotionally charged, and it doesn't even need to be about this meeting. It could be something entirely unrelated. But when our emotions are heightened, our brains go into tunnel vision, and sometimes that makes it hard to move on. When someone is slowing down the conversation by fixating on a topic or bringing up old business, acknowledge their concerns, but push the conversation forward. Try saying something like, I hear your concerns, Mamie, and I've made a note of them, but for the sake of today's meeting, we need to keep going. Let's follow up after the meeting to discuss what you have on your mind. Or, I can tell this is an important issue for you, Mamie, but we don't have time to keep discussing it now. You and I can circle back on it after this meeting. Or even, I appreciate your critical analysis, but we need to make a decision, or we already made a decision on this. So this discussion needs to wrap up and we need to keep going. It may also be helpful to clarify when there will be time to poke holes. Things like, right now, we're just coming up with ideas. There will be time later on the agenda to critique them. So please only share new ideas. You can also include that time in the agenda specifically for playing devil's advocate, where you can ask everyone to share critiques and poke holes in the idea or come up with a reason why the decision is a bad decision. This creates a structured time for that person to let it all out. And when that time is over, you can move on it also has the added benefit of getting everyone to share any negative thinking that they might be holding back on. Just as some people are overly critical, others are afraid of disagreeing. And a simple frame of, for the next 10 minutes, we're all going to play devil's advocate. I only wanna hear reasons why this is a bad idea and what could go wrong. I don't even care if you will believe what you're saying. I just wanna get it all out on the table so that we don't miss anything. I was in a discussion where we did this and a huge mistake was avoided because someone shared a potential unintended consequence that no one else had brought up until that moment. Now, if the naysaying or revisiting old ideas continues regularly, you may need to speak to the person outside of the meeting and talk through the process that the team is using. Explain that when there's time for discussion, you welcome their input, and then when it's time for progress, they need to accept the decision that has been made and move forward. It very well could be that there is something deeper going on for this person and that they're unsettled about some aspect of the project overall, and you need to get aligned with them or they're going to keep bringing up issues because you actually haven't addressed the root cause of their concerns. The last disruptive behavior for today is multitasking. It feels incredibly disrespectful when people are on their laptops or tablets or phones during your meeting. We all have lots of work we need to do, but those distractions impact the quality of the conversation and the emotional experience of the meeting. It just doesn't feel good to be in a meeting when other people are absorbed in their devices. Now, again, people multitask for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it really is that they just have so much to do or other high priority work that needs their attention that they're having a hard time focusing while there's other work looming overhead. But it can also be that they're bored with the conversation or they don't have anything to contribute. And maybe they shouldn't even be in that meeting at all. So rather than sitting and wasting their time and just listening, they turn to other work. And of course, in the age of distraction, it's just hard to stay focused and present. To address multitasking, you can start by introducing a norm around device usage. Some teams have an outright no tech in meetings. I don't personally love that because I know that some people use their devices to help them engage. They take notes on their laptop or they keep track of the tasks that they're supposed to get done in their to-do list. So it may be that you want an agreement that devices are only to be used to enhance your engagement in the meeting. One way to approach this is to use a check-in. You start the meeting by asking people to acknowledge if their attention is somewhere else or if they're expecting a message or a phone call and need to have their device available. If you don't already have a practice of checking in, it can be super simple and quick to add to your meetings. You just open it up by saying, as we get started, I just wanna do a quick round robin and let everybody share if there's anything on their mind unrelated to today's meeting. You can start by role modeling and sharing what's on your mind. Here are a number of things that I have said during check-ins over the past, I don't know, 10 years. My kid is sick at home, so I'm keeping my phone out in case the babysitter texts. I am just back from vacation, so I am still in re-entering work mode, and I just want everyone to know that I'm still kind of catching up on everything. I just came from back-to-back meetings, so my head is a little spinning, and it may take me a minute to get refocused. I have a big project due tomorrow, and I'm feeling a lot of pressure, so I'm going to do my best to stay present, but just know that there is a lot going on in my brain right now. The simple act of acknowledging these things and getting a sense of each person's mental state will help you as the meeting leader be more sympathetic when they get distracted and it will help them be more aware of their tendency to pick up their device and start doing other work. Now, if you're in the midst of a meeting and you notice that someone is on their device, you can and should call them out on it, but in a very kind way. Something like, hey, Mamie, we had agreed not to use our phones in this meeting, so if it's not urgent, could you please put that away? or a more broad statement like, just a reminder to put away your devices so we can get through today's agenda. Depending on the comfort level that you have with your team as a whole and with that person in particular, you can even be more direct. Maybe I get the sense that you're a little checked out of this conversation. Is there something going on here that's not working for you? Or do you need to step away and take care of something? Usually just a gentle reminder is enough to bring people's attention back. And the reality is that everybody in that meeting sees it when you're on your device. There's no hiding it under the table or being casual and your laptop clicking. So as the meeting leader, it's your job to make sure that the meeting is moving forward. And if somebody is completely checked out and being a distraction themselves by their lack of engagement, you need to bring them back into the room. It shows everyone else that you're serious when you say things like no tech in our meetings or only use your technology if it's supporting your engagement. If it's more than a 90 minute meeting, you should definitely build in a bio break and a tech break. Give people time to use the restroom, grab a beverage, and check their email. And be sure to remind them to check their email during the break so that they don't spend that time chatting and then sit down and go onto their device as the meeting is starting. I will tell you this happens all the time and I do it myself and it is a terrible habit. So by reminding people to check their email during the break, they'll sit down and be ready to focus again. Lastly, if it's the same person over and over in your meetings, it may be that they shouldn't be there. So you might wanna have a conversation with them about why you were including them in that meeting or do some reflection as to whether they really need to be there at all. So those are the four disruptive behaviors. I mentioned a few times that it can be helpful to speak with someone outside of the meeting. You never wanna criticize someone in the meeting. You can gently encourage them to change their behavior or wear your leader hat and facilitate the conversation forward, but don't call people out in a negative way that feels harsh. This is why you want to speak with somebody in a private setting so that you can help them understand their behavior and why it's a problem, then brainstorm together what you can do about it. And if the problem persists, it might be a topic for the professional development plan where they actively work on developing a new skill or a competency to overcome their unhelpful behavior. And you as their manager get to provide support and accountability. If it's a deeper issue and they're just unhappy with some aspect of the team or the work, you'll need to address that before you can expect to see much change in your meetings. The mini guide for today's episode is the overview of how to address when someone goes off on a tangent, and it is available at mamyks.com/miniguides, or it's in your inbox if you have already subscribed to my newsletter, which is at mamyks.com/podcast. To get the full guide for today's episode, which includes the overview of all four disruptive behaviors and a bonus fifth guide on how to address when people show up late or unprepared, become a member of the Modern Manager Community at com slash join. Or you can purchase just that episode guide or any other episode guide at com slash store. All the links are in the show notes and there is also a link to learn more about my coaching services. I've got space for one additional client and I would love to work with you. So go to com slash coaching to learn more. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.